0: Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. In this next season, our, our teaching team has really felt like there's just an invitation from Jesus. Actually, multiple invitations, different kinds that we'll be talking about throughout the series, but that Jesus is inviting us into things as a church. So Invitations from Jesus is our new series that we're starting today. And um, we're going to be talking about that in in a variety of ways, a variety of different kinds of um, invitations that Jesus gives. Like, you know, what specific opportunities is Jesus inviting us to? And what is Jesus inviting us to as a church corporately? Um, What does his invitation mean now? What does it mean in the future? There's a lot of different things that we're going to look into. Um, But today we want to really begin the series with the foundational truth that Jesus' invitation is to his presence, his personal presence in our lives. And this idea is one that we'll be returning to throughout the series. It kind of undergirds the whole thing. Jesus wants to be with us. He wants to um, be involved in everything, in every part of our lives. And so this invitation to His presence is what we're going to start into today. And a key verse for that, the the main verse we're going to look at today, is in the book of Revelation. It's the last book in the Bible. We're going to be in chapter 3, verse 20. So uh, if you want to go ahead and turn there, uh, get that ready. We're going to We're going to stay there the whole time. We're going to look at it in depth. So it would be worth, um, worth following along with. But before I start, let me just pray and invite God into what I'm doing. So, Jesus, thank you for the way that you invite us to be with you. I ask that you would open our ears to hear where you're inviting us today. I ask that you would open my ears to hear what you want me to share that I would offer your invitation well. And Holy Spirit, we, we just welcome your presence. We thank you for being here with us and we ask for you to work in our hearts that the things we would learn, the things that would sink into our souls would be for your glory and for our good that we would Learn to walk as people of your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, in uh, Revelation 3.20, just to give you some background, the, the first sections of Revelation there are messages from God to specific churches, and they're... They're given to you know address specific issues, and, and we'll refer a little bit um, to um, to the different parts of this particular letter. But this one starts in verse fourteen and ends up through twenty. So, um, and it's a church that uh, it's a church that reminds me a little bit of of kind of how the church in America is. It's a church of people who've been doing well. Um, you know, in terms of like their financial security, things are going pretty good in their lives in general, uh, prosperous, and it, um, it's easy for them to kind of think that everything is is just okay, that Jesus would be just like a an add-on to a life that's already good. and I think um, in some ways that's an easy thing for us to be in too, so I want us to keep that in mind this is a this is a church that the the letter kind of opens uh, with God saying to the church that you know you're you're kind of just lukewarm you 're not cold you're not hot um, you know you're not the cold water that we use for drinking you 're not the hot water that we use for cooking you're just kind of like in the middle and so um I'm not going to read the whole letter, but to a church like that that I already thought they were doing well, some of what is in this letter might come as a surprise like it's a challenge it's a challenge from the Lord, and I want us to be open that open to that too i we i mean at least I do I like to be doing well, doing well is great, right um but it is easy for us to start relying on ourselves. It's easy for us to um, forget that no matter how well the external circumstances of our lives are going, the inside of us is the same amount of desperate for God. We need Him. Our, our souls, you know, like David said in the Psalms, our souls are thirsty. And the water that we need is the presence of the Lord, is His life in us. And so it's it can be easy for us to lose sight of that. And I want to come back to that. But just to give you that background for where this is coming from, this is a, this is a correction. And it's a correction because um, God loves the people at this church in Laodicea that this letter was to. The verse right before, verse 19, he says, those whom I love, I discipline. So be zealous and repent or turn, turn back to me. So, That's the general context in which we find this verse, which is such an interesting invitation. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. And, you know, as we met uh, the, the team of us, the teaching team, and just felt like this is really like a foundational verse for what we're talking about. So I want to go through it bit by bit and pull all that we can out of this verse to talk about, you know, as a foundation. We want to keep this in mind as we go through the rest of the series, what it is that God's invitation means to us. Sound good? All right. So how many of you like to start your sentences with, behold. <laughs> Jason, all right. <laughs> Behold, um, I, I'm a word person, and part of, like, my mission in teaching is to take, like, things that are, like, just Bible words and make them, like, actual words that we would see, <laughs> right? Okay, your Bible might say, here I am there. That's maybe a little bit of an ambitious translation of this. It actually is, like, a one-word command, and it's more like what—I so th- was trying to think of something that we might actually say, and it's kind of like, look— you know, it's more like that. Behold is just not a common thing that we say. It wouldn't actually, in my opinion, be too much of a reach to translate it, hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> you know, it's like, basically the idea is pay attention. Pay attention. See what I'm talking to you. He's about to talk about knocking. Um, so you don't really like behold someone knocking. You listen. It's like, hey, pay attention. Or you could, if, you're, if you are the kind of person that likes behold, you could say Hark you know, but, or behold, behold is fine, but uh, he starts off here, like, and I, I really think that that, um, it, it's, it's never an accident, you know, the words that are in the Bible are not there, like, ever, because it's just like, oh, something to throw in, like, God has a purpose for what he says, and whenever you see a word like that, it's like, it almost, you could read it like, hey hey, pay attention to what is coming, because this church that is being addressed in this letter is one that had kind of gotten to be complacent, had kind of started to feel like they maybe had things figured out. And so they needed a a behold in their life, like, hey, there's something here that you need to pay attention to. Um, what I'm about to say is the way forward for you. And that's a—I uh, think that's just a good reminder for us, too. Like, we need to be paying attention. Um, so many things compete for our attention, and, and we'll come back. We'll come back to this point in a minute. But there's just so many ways, so many different things we can pay attention to. There's so many options, but um, we want to tune in to what Jesus is saying. We want to be aware that He has the words of life, and there's nowhere else we can go for those words. So. Behold. Just want to take that word, make it, make it applicable to us. And hey, if you like starting your sentences that way, go ahead. Maybe it'll help you remember verses like this. But um, So what is it that we're supposed to pay attention to? Well, this is, this is the words of Jesus to his church. And he says, Behold, I stand at the door. I myself. And... Um, The first thing I wanted to talk about with God's invitation to us is that the initiative for what God wants to do in our lives always begins with Jesus. We love him because he loved us first. He reaches out to us, and although he wants us to respond and he gives us ways to respond and ways to invite him in, We need to know that He is always running after us. It's not that we have to go somewhere to find Him. Um, He is standing at our door, and um, the word, you know, not to get too far into the Greek or whatever, but the word here is like, is it's more like I am standing. I I have been standing. I'm gonna. I'm standing here at the door. Like until it's not just like a limited time offer, but here I here I am. I think it's what they were going for when they translated it like that, is I'm, I'm here, and I'm going to continue to be here. I'm standing at your door knocking. And I'm taking this initiative towards you, um, not making you, um, you know, earn it in some way. I'm, I'm beginning the conversation. And, you know, I'm not asking for you know, some some epic deed, I'm I'm just knocking at your door. It's so I love the um just the like normality of it, right? Although I guess it's not like super often that people knock at our door that are actually like people we want to see, you know. <laughs> like right? Like mostly our friends just probably come in, but like our uh you know, when people knock on the door, you think it's like, oh, it's like a Jehovah's Witness or like somebody trying to sell me something or all these things. But <laughs> so maybe it's like not as a positive association as it, as it could be. But like this knocking is just so normal. Like, um, I don't know, isn't it nice that Jesus doesn't like need Trumpets or fanfare or something. Like, I'm here, you know, like a steward is announcing it. And that he personally is standing at a door. And he's just knocking on it like a normal person would. And I do, I do think that mentioning the, when I mentioned those like salesmen coming to your door, I, I mentioned that on purpose because I do think that like we can be quick to like dismiss or not want anything that disrupts uh, how our day is going. And Jesus is not, could easily fall into that. Um, he might be a little bit disruptive. Um, you know, he invites himself over. Isn't that interesting as we're talking about the invitation? Uh, his invitation is that we're talking about in this passage is not, hey, come here to me. It's like, knock, knock, let me in to your house. And I think that's even better, honestly. Um, not that, you know, this is just one picture of it. Not, it's not like the be-all, end-all picture. But I love here that Jesus is the kind of friend that, you know, the best kind, that just invites himself over. Um, and if you know from the Bible that, um, like, when, when Jesus invites himself to your house— you, uh, you bet you'd never know what might happen. It's kind of like uh, Mary Poppins, you know, And you get <laughs> one foot in the door and you just never know, you know, what might happen next, right? I try to work Mary Poppins into all my talks. It's just, I just love Mary Poppins so much. I, I, I don't know what to tell you guys, but and once she arrived, you know, anything is on the table. The same thing can happen, you know, just ask Zacchaeus. That's, a, that's the, kind of the foremost guy in the Bible that Jesus invited himself over. He's like, come down out of that tree. I'm coming to your house. And Zacchaeus is like, oh, okay. But once he got in there, it's so funny. Jesus knows he's, he didn't call Zacchaeus to some big thing right then when he was in the tree. He just said, hey, let me come over to your house. Jesus knows that if he can just get his foot in the door, if he can wel- be welcomed into our lives, then he can begin to change us. The people whose houses he showed up at, they were just different forever. Zacchaeus, um, his whole everything was disrupted and changed, and in a way that brought him joy. It might not have been what he expected. He ended up a lot poorer, actually. Uh, he had to give away a lot of what he had acquired dishonestly, but it wasn't because Jesus made him. It was just what happened in his heart when he allowed Jesus to come in, and that is the kind of thing that um, can happen with us as we extend the invitation to Jesus. Because he's not the kind of um, he's not the kind of friend that we can just put in like a in a compartment or a little box. You know, we go to their house and then just leave them there. He's actually uh, inviting himself into all of our stuff. And so when he's standing at the door knocking, it's that constant presence it's that I want to be invited into everything that you're doing. You know, like I said about the best kind of friends. Best kind of friends are the ones that you can just do your normal life around. And you don't have to feel bad about it. You know, you don't have to get the nice dishes out, or you know, make sure all the silverware is shiny, or you know that there aren't piles of laundry on your floor, or whatever. You just they're just allowed to come and be in your place while you're doing stuff. And um, it's amazing, amazing, that Jesus would want to be that kind of friend with us. What he really does, you know, we, it's easy to forget that this invitation and like, maybe you're like, oh, I have enough friends or whatever. <laughs> I I feel like I have a limited capacity for friends in my heart. I think God is trying to expand it. But this is not just anyone, like this is the Lord, the word that spoke creation. And I think, like, we want to make sure that we see the value of the invitation. Like, yeah, Jesus' invitation can be disruptive, but the thing about it is, it's like, if it's true that a God made this world and formed everything that's here for his purposes, then being invited to you know, like, if that's true, then he's, like, so far above us that, like, we don't have any right to any audience with him ever. We, like, how could we even expect that? But here he comes in personal form and is just, like, what a humble thing to do. He's just knocking on our door. And if, you know, if the the maker of everything wants to talk with us, then it is like, it's very likely that that's where we're going to find the purpose that we are looking for. You know, we all want meaning. We want a reason for the things that we're doing. And if we want that, it would be foolish to pass by the invitation of the Lord of all. I don't know if you've ever thought of it that way before. Jesus is so humble. Um, when he came as a man and his, his spirit comes to us gently, but this is the Lord. This invitation is coming from the creator. This is where all the purpose, and we'll talk a lot more about the invitation um, from God into our purpose and our calling. We'll talk about that in future weeks, but like, that's who this is. And man, we don't ever want to lose sight of that. So when he says, I stand at the door, I'm here. That's, that's the I am that says that. And, you know, it might be easy for us in the face of an invitation like that, you know, it's humble, but also, you know, it's also the most important invitation ever. It might be easy for us to feel unworthy. So it's really wonderful that the next thing he says is that if anyone hears my voice, and opens the door. Anyone. And that word is, in the the Greek, it's as broad as possible. It is literally anyone. Um, It means exactly what it says. It means that no matter how good you think you are or bad, whatever clean or unclean thing is in your past, if anyone hears the voice, hears the knock, and opens the door. Jesus is ready to come in. And that, that is a key thing for his invitation. Now, of course, like I was saying, you know, if you, if you choose to let Jesus in, you should be aware that it, it might change everything about you. <laughs> right? So it's not to say that, you know, we can just continue to live however we want. But Jesus is saying, wherever you are, wherever you find yourself right now, if you hear my voice and open the door, my welcome is for you. I want to be with you for anyone. And, um, you know, always just to, you know, make clear the little grammatical things, the verse, at least in my translation, it says... You know, later it says, "If anyone opens the door, I'll come in to him and eat with him, and he with me." All those pronouns are neutral pronouns. You know, who knew that you know, the Bible was very progressive in using gender-neutral pronouns long before it became a thing for us? So uh, the invitation is anyone, right? I'm I'm making a joke about that, but the okay, it's okay, but like it really like any person, right? And it's important for us to know that. Um, Any person is welcome. And, you know, Zacchaeus is a perfect example of that. You know, the church has its own, you know, poorly founded list of people that are kind of it sees as outcasts sometimes, you know, but God never has lists of outcasts. Zacchaeus was the last person any respectable Jew would have wanted to go, you know, to his house. He was he was a traitor, a turncoat, he was a thief, any of the lowest things you could be. And that's who Jesus invited himself over to and changed everything. So, any person that you think, um, it's, a, it's a reminder not just to accept for us, like it, it's good news for us because all of us are that person too in some ways. But any person, no matter how lost you think they are, is being welcomed. Is well, is being asked to welcome Jesus into their life. He's like, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I want to come in. All right. So, um, so what do you have to do to have Jesus come in? What does it say? Oh, you have to hear His voice. Because if you don't hear, um, you won't open the door. This is uh, something all of our um, neighbors and friends have come to realize. There's a doorbell on our house, but 90% of the time it doesn't work. <laughs> and so if you come to my house and you ring the doorbell, you probably won't be invited in. It's not because I don't want to see you. It's just because I have no idea you're there. You've got to actually pound on it. You've got to knock. And... Um, I think uh, you know, the doorbell wasn't a concept at this time, but Jesus is not just like um, you know he's not a wimpy knocker at the door, but he's not like pounding your windows down either. He's, he's just knocking. And to hear what do you know, to hear what He's calling you to, you do have to be paying attention. And I felt like this is a key part for us because um, and also, this is a key point, remember, for this, this church in Laodicea that this letter is written to, um, they just had a lot of stuff going on. They were very prosperous. They, and, you know, um, they, they just had a lot of cares going on. I think the, um, the doctrine of mo' money, mo' problems is pretty biblical, actually. <laughs> The, the cares of life were, um, were there, and for all of us that are generally, you know, we, we struggle in different ways, but in America, we're very prosperous. We have a lot of distraction. Um, there's a lot of noise in our life. Some of it comes at us from the outside, and there's not much we can do about it. Some of it, we, you know, we really need to be careful, but we welcome it in ourselves, and i wanted just to call everybody like like give a give a chance for us to think like to think about each thing that we put into our lives and whether this thing creates noise that makes it harder to hear god's voice or whether it's something that we can enjoy while being open to that invitation because to me, I think the, you know, the reason that we don't hear Jesus is not because we're deaf. It's just because there's a lot of other noise going on. We're just distracted. It, and some of that has to do with the lukewarmness that is mentioned in the passage. You know, it's like we, um, you know, our lives are busy and that's not a problem. Um, we have a lot of material blessings and that you know that's not a problem either Jesus gives us those things but if anything becomes noise that distracts us from the voice of God or makes it so we're not as interested in listening that's where it starts to be a problem and so you know as we're as we're going forward and I'll come back to this in ministry time too cuz I think it's really important but like just welcome God to show you where there might be noise in your life? Because I know this is something that I personally struggle with a lot. I'm interested in so many things, it's easy for me to just fill up all the airspace in my life with noise and not quiet myself down so that I might hear an invitation that's coming. What are those distractions, those competing voices That keep us from hearing God's invitation. So there's two things you have to do if you want to have dinner with Jesus. You got to hear His voice, and then open the door. And I didn't want to skip over that part either. But like, Jesus is asking for a response from us. He said, when he told Zacchaeus, hey, I'm coming to your house today, if Zacchaeus had said no, Jesus wouldn't have, like, barged in and forced his way through the door and be like, no, I'm going to come and change you. You know, that's, that's not how he chooses to do things. He invites us to respond and to participate. And... Um. What it means for us to open the door is to be willing to say yes to whatever he might want to do when he comes in. Like, I want to let you in, God, and I don't know maybe even what I need, but I'm just opening the door and being like, yes, I need your presence to be here with me. Um, and an easy way that we can get tripped up on this, like, we could fall one step short, um, uh, opening the door uh, is the right response. The, the right response is not like, I hear you, I hear you knocking. Right? It's an acknowledgement of the truth that he's there. But like, it's, e- it's so easy for us to come one step short of actually opening the door to Jesus. Just like, okay, yeah, I hear you. It would be a good idea for me to slow down my life and quiet so I could invite you in. Um, I, I believe that's true. Yep, I do. And then just continue doing the same things instead of actually opening the door. It's not just like intellectual assent to like his reality that Jesus is after. He's actually after us opening the door of our lives, opening the door of our hearts to him and just welcoming him in. Whether we feel like we've tied it up inside enough or not, you know, I think some people feel like they are conscious of God's knocking at their heart, but like, I can't let you in yet. I'm not ready. I'm not clean enough. And that's just a, that's just a way to miss out, you know? Um, or I hear you knocking, but I'm busy. I have other things I'm doing, and then I'll, I'll get to you. Hopefully you wouldn't do that to an actual friend that was knocking at your door. But whatever the reason that we might feel like we're not ready or we don't um, have what it takes, Jesus says, if anyone hears my voice and just opens the door, opens the door, I will come in. So if there's a promise there, whenever Jesus says, I will, it's like, if you are willing to open to me, even if like all you can do is manage to unlatch it and just put it open a crack, it's like, I will. I'll come in and I will be with you. And what happens in Jesus' presence is transformative. Um, inviting him into a house. You know, a person could come into your house and leave it just the way they found it. But when Jesus comes into our heart, it begins to change everything that's there, and maybe you've even experienced a parallel to this of having someone in your house. Certain people, when they come over, just change the whole atmosphere, either for better or worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know that this is possible, right? So uh, some people they just bring like a light of joy with them, and like your house seems brighter the whole time they're there. And uh, you know, people have the reverse effect sometimes too. But. Um, Jesus' presence is the ultimate, like, transformative thing. That thing that he brings doesn't just make it brighter while he's there. I mean, in this example, we like, as a guest, we picture him, like, coming and leaving, and that's not exactly how it is. When Jesus, like, comes into our hearts, he he wants to, like, stay and abide with us. He says, abide with me. So he's after that, that brightness, that changing presence that lasts forever. Like, as long as, as he's there, which is he wants to be with us always. Um, His presence is where we find fullness. It's where we find joy. Um, In your presence is fullness of joy, the psalmist said. And, And maybe that's a reason why we, you know, We'll talk a little bit more, I think, in future weeks, too, about reasons why we don't accept Jesus' invitation. But I think one of them is, like, we saw what happened to Zacchaeus. Like, I don't want to give my money away. Or, you know, we we could be like that, right? We're, like, a little afraid of what Jesus might do. But um, his his promise is that in his presence is joy and fullness and life, and that it's the only place that that can be. What he's offering is, um, is simple on purpose. I love that the image of he says like, "What? Well, what is he going to do when he comes in?" He's like, "We're going to share a meal together." I love that. You know, I, I'll break bread with him. I'll eat with him, and he and he with me. Like it's not just a one-sided thing. He's, I'm not coming in so that you can just wait on me and and become like just my servant and. I'm also not coming in to just make all your dreams come true either. Um, right? There's this actual communion of, of real friends there, which is a remarkable thing for God to be offering us. I think we can get it wrong either way um, in the church. There's a lot of um, teaching about how, like, you know, a, a really rules-oriented faith where it's like we have to— and we, we do want to serve Jesus. We want to— um, he he used that language about servants and masters too, but he also said to his disciples, I no longer call you servants, but I call you my friends. So he is God, he is above us, but he is welcoming us into true communion. So we don't want to miss that fact that he wants that sort of friendship relationship with us. But we also don't want to be the kind of like church that preaches that, oh, just welcome Jesus in and he's just gonna everything's gonna be fine. It's all going to be better. Like right right away, all of a sudden, he's just a vehicle for you to feel better. Like he didn't, you know, invite himself over as a fixer-upper, and he also didn't invite himself in to make you his slave. He wants to be your friend. He wants to walk with you in all the things that you're doing. And that, in some ways, is more intimidating, but it's way, way better. It's way better. It's hard work to do life with people every day. We get tired of people. Um, sometimes we just want our own, our own thing. Like the struggles of people's lives are difficult, but that's that true friendship and fellowship is something that we desperately need, both with each other and with Jesus, and He wants to be part of everything. So when we when we think about this invitation like this is the kind of background for what God's invitation to us is like that we want to hold in our hearts and keep coming back to you as we travel throughout this series and see what you know what specifics or what other invitations are offered to us in the Bible we want to remember to pay attention to the voice of Jesus at the door of our heart. And I want to say before I close too that the invitation that's being talked about here, this was written to a church. This is people that already believe in Jesus, but this this knocking at the door of the heart is the same way Jesus approaches you if you've never opened your heart to Jesus before. He, He said, if anyone... Anyone hears my voice. You don't have to be, you know, like part of a church at this time. You don't have to have ever spoken to Jesus before. But if you're hearing his voice, the voice of the maker of the Lord, of the world, the Lord of the world, if you're hearing his voice, if you're hearing his knock at your heart today, just open the door. Say, yes, God, I need you. If you're, if you're who you say you are, I need you to be part of my life. The invitation is open to anyone. And it's the same. It's the same thing we all need. We all need Jesus' presence. We need the peace. We need the wholeness, the fullness that comes only in his presence to be with us.